Hey everyone, before we get started, I just want to talk about our sponsor, Anchor. Anchor simply is the perfect place to go if you're trying to start a podcast. First off, free, that's great, but there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Super easy to use, super intuitive, Uh, and then once you have that edited, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more places uh, where you listen to podcasts. And when they're distributed, you can start making money from your podcast right away. No minimum listenership. Start getting that anchor money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one spot. So what are you waiting for? Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm right now to get started. Now, the Schooner Pod. Oklahoma blanked the Kansas State Wildcats 62-9. to We're heading Stop. into a... <laughs> Kansas Jayhawks. And we can't cut it because we're alive. <laughs> did, I say, oh, did I just say Oklahoma State Wildcats or did I say Kansas State? You said Kansas State, not even Oklahoma. Okay, you said Kansas Botched. State. <laughs> oh, you beat Kansas 62-9. to we're heading into a bye week, and Oklahoma State looms. This is the Schooner Pod. I'm your host, Bobby Howard. With me today, Jameson, Ty, and uh, yeah, that is why you don't try new things live on the internet. Anyways, let's break it down what was <laughs> a relatively uneventful uh, Oklahoma football game. Um, but hey, you know, if you're a Sooner fan, you, you, you feel pretty good about that. 62 to 9 against anyone, pretty good. Uh, Jameson, how did you, I, I, let me, let me just ask you this. What, what stock do you put into this? Because again, it's Kansas, but also a really good performance from the Sooners. Yeah. I mean, you got to put stock into what you've seen that you haven't seen before from Ronnie Perkins. That's the big thing that he is far and away our best player on this defense. And even though Kansas offensive line and Kansas have a lot of problems, especially the freshman quarterback who holds onto the ball for a really long time, he's going to get a lot of sacks. Uh, he's here and he's here to stay. And now a defensive line group that has been killing for it the whole year, who we always praise every single podcast, even in the bad games, we talk about how they're doing well. Now it's, we are a really, really top in defensive line group. Other than that, you know, you really can't read in too much into the secondary and the offense, all of that, because it just doesn't really make any sense because we have plenty of sample size to compare it to with the rest of the, I mean, earlier in the season. Absolutely. It just, like you, like you said, it, it's something that is super encouraging because that is, that was already one of our strongest defensive traits, but now we have an absolute killer in Ronnie Perkins. Um, incredible performance out of the defense and that defensive line, a school record nine sacks. Um so we'll we'll dive into that a little bit later. Ty, what is your big takeaway coming out of this uh, absolute just uh, you know romp? Uh, I think I think probably just the confidence of the team and and continuing to to rise. I'm really happy that we got um, you know the people back that we did and had them to where they could play a couple weeks. Uh, and then go into a bye week before what I still believe is our, our toughest game of the year. Um, I, I know there could be some some contention there in, in arguing that maybe a Red River is, but I really think that this Bedlam game is going to be our toughest one. So it's exciting to see such significant talent uh, coming in fresh 
and uh, and ready to ready to go. Absolutely, and it's that had nothing at, to do with Kansas. No, you're fine. That that's the thing about Kansas. <laughs> nothing about this game had anything to do with Kansas. It's about how does this team look? Are they taking the steps to be a better football team? Uh, and really, it just if if you look at this week compared with the previous two, it's kind of the same thing. It's OU beats a inferior opponent, builds off of it, keeps it rolling. And it, it it's kind of hard to find anything new because it's the same kind of talking points. It's, you know, Spencer Rattler looked comfortable. Ramondre Stevenson looks dominant. Uh, you know, everything just looks smoother. Um, but, you know, we're, we're going to get tested against Oklahoma State. Uh, and everything we've seen the past couple weeks is going to be, you know, like we're, we're going to find out if it was about a poor group of opponents or are we actually getting better and how much that improvement really has to say about this team. And really it gives us a chance to scale it against um, uh, really, honestly, I think a top notch opponent in college football, uh, Oklahoma State, not a god killer, not a world beater by any means. They make a lot of mistakes, but um, again, like that's that's the toughest opponent we have left until a potential Big Twelve championship. So um, it's going to be very telling. But hey, we have a bye week. We have some time uh, to really break that game down and really think about it. So let's just do our best to kind of wrap up this Kansas game as fast as we can. And uh, let's start with, I guess, kind of the um, the star of the show, yet again, Ramondre Stevenson. Um, incredible, incredible game out of Ramondre. Uh, an- another 100-plus yard rushing game. Uh, and then, you know, chipped in about 60 yards as well on uh, the receiving end of things. Averaged nine and a half yards per, per carry. Um, Ramondre continued to roll. He was a man among boys. But I've honestly rambled on long enough. Jameson, how do you feel about Ramondre? What, how, how hype were you to uh, see him produce that performance yet again? He just keeps on surprising me on how good he's gotten with this time off. You feel like there, there would have been kind of like a, a period where he'd kind of go up to his peak. He's already there. You know, it's hard to do much better than what he's doing right now. It's Five rushing touchdowns, you know, and you only had 11 carries this game. Every single time he gets the ball, there's it's always like like an ooh or like, you know, like he's breaking a tackle. Like there's no kind of boring play. He's making extra moves, getting yards after contact, and it's completely opened up our offense so much more. Um, and now if, if, we can, if we can get healthy um, versus Oklahoma State, he's going to be a big-time player, especially with OSU's defensive line. Um, that a lot of people say is one of the best. Um, they say it's the best in Big 12 argument with us. And then one of the better defenses that's come out of the Big 12 um, in the past couple years. So definitely a huge, huge thing moving forward as a threat. Um, and it's going to need to take off uh, a little pressure off Spencer Rattler. Absolutely. Because, you know, I, I think that's one of the things that really we really struggled with early is uh, Rattler having to kind of do it on his own and, Honestly, having Ramondre to lean on, which that's what we've done the past two games, just lean on him uh, holistically, both in the running game and the passing game. Uh, that's huge. That's a huge asset for Spencer Rattler. 
to have. Um, Ty, speaking of that, uh, Rattler, another kind of, I, I would say solid performance, a uh, bit of an iffy interception. Um, and again, obviously it's Kansas. So let's just, I, I probably don't even need to say that every time. Were you impressed with Spencer uh, this game, Ty? I thought he played well. Uh, honestly, watching it again, I think maybe he played uh, a little below the threshold he's established in the past couple weeks, especially considering that uh, it was Kansas. Um, and all, that, that interception, I don't know uh, really what was going on there. Um but yeah, it's it, he played okay, but I was not super. Uh, I feel like we took a step back. Maybe uh, I know there was also a lot of uh, of rumors and stuff. I guess apparently of a, a potential, maybe not injury, but getting a little dinged up um, that may have affected him as well. Yeah, that was definitely something that was pretty controversial that I saw on Twitter because uh, we we're we we're at the game. We didn't. Uh, I didn't notice that he was super injured. Uh, a lot of people were confused why he was still playing, but um, like Lincoln how, Riley, how did you not notice? Uh, I it was extremely relevant. I was not at the game. Um, sorry to cut you off, but okay. Here's one thing I gotta say on this subject: for someone watching it from home, the announcers were just harping over and over. I don't know why he's still in the game. I don't know. You want to know why he's still in the game? It's because Lincoln does not care at all about how Tanner Mordecai is going to be for us this season. It's as simple as that. He understands that Spencer might be at 50%. That's what he said. Um, he was at about 50%. But as long as Spencer can go out there and run his plays and keep on establishing a rapport with the wide receivers, that is going to be more positive than getting Tanner Mordecai in and doing better versus a Kansas team that we're not worried at all about losing. It does not matter at all. So why should we work on letting our guy who's a backup get better who's probably going to transfer in this offseason, then let a guy 50% just go out there and run the motions. And as a freshman, who doesn't have as many games under his belt to keep on doing well, um, even though he didn't do well, keep on throwing balls and keep on seeing things and get more experience. It's, it's, it's as simple as that. There really isn't much more to it. Yeah, I, I think some of it had to do with, um, you know, uh, I guess you're right because, uh, you know, fighting through pain and under, you know, just, if you're just bruised up, you know, you know, take a, take a salt pill and, you know, rub some dirt on it and move on. But also like, I, I think there's some concern about re-injury, especially with kind of that. Yeah. I, I assume the hit kind of happened there. Um, yeah. But, you know, honestly, um, I don't know. I, from, from, from the side, it kind of seemed, or from the game, it seemed like he was kind of, I guess, kind of relaxing, you know, he was kind of, there was one play in particular where he could have picked up a block and was just kind of jogging. I thought it was just Spencer being Spencer, but uh, on, on replay, it was very evident that he was definitely uh, not moving as fast as he normally is. Um, but, you know, Mordecai, not a bad game. Uh, I believe he was uh, seven for eight, but I got to say Chandler Morris with that touchdown, baby. Mm-hmm. So good day for the Scooter <laughs> quarterbacks. Uh, I was way too hype about the Chandler Morris uh, entry into the game, even though he threw zero passes. Uh, he had a 100 QBR, so good for him. Um, yeah, so 100, 100 QBR on zero completions. I don't know how that makes sense, but there you go. Um, 
So with Ramondre, you know, getting the bulk of the carries, we saw a little bit of uh, TJ Pledger, little Mikey Henderson in there. Um, how does do, – do you think we're going to see more of this uh, kind of disparity in the carries going forward where you see more Ramondre instead of, you know, TJ Pledger? Do you think this becomes more of a one-man show or do you think we keep a stable? Um, I'm going to ask Ty that. So I think – I think we're seeing a lot of Ramondre right now. Uh, one, because he's super fresh. So you got to remember that it's, uh, you know, that, that cumulative uh, toll on running backs is pretty significant. Uh, so it might be sort of strategic in the way that we're playing Ramondre to uh, give our other guys a break. Uh, but he also clearly is our, our best um, running back. And I think really what's happened is he's come in against you know, Texas Tech and, and Kansas, and we haven't had a situation where we really need to be rotating him out. We haven't had an issue um, running the ball whatsoever or, or moving the ball whatsoever against either of those teams. So I think maybe against Oklahoma State, when we're playing a better defense, better D-line especially, uh, he might get worn out a little more and we might see some more rotation uh, when things that we try don't just automatically work. Absolutely. Yeah. It just, it ma- yeah, that makes sense. You know, just kind of keeping it balanced, keeping it paced out. Shout out to Ashley for uh, complimenting Jameson's Chevron curtain. Cute decor. Uh, however, not as cute as my shirt. So not as cool as my shirt. Anyways, uh, let's move on. It's to his Hawaiian. only shirt. So I guess it, it should hold, be good. Hold on now. Hold on. I have a lot of Hawaiians. <laughs> this is my only OU Hawaiian. Uh, <laughs> Let's break down a couple of wide receivers here. So Stongner led in uh, receiving yards, however, only played a half. Very solid performance out of him. Um, I'm not too concerned about the injuries. Stevenson was the second like like leading receiver. So not a huge receiving day for the Sooners. Um, I don't think there's nothing to be really worried about there. You just kind of work with, with Kansas. You just kind of work them down, do what you can do. You know, you don't need to go for big plays. Uh, but uh, Jaden Hazelwood back on the field. Jameson, how exciting was it to see uh, Hazelwood back out there after a uh, kind of long ACL recovery time? Yeah, I mean, it was honestly short. You know, this was the six-month mark, and um, he's out there. Um, like we said earlier, I didn't expect much cutting routes across the middle, more kind of vertical things. And you could tell um, that they were kind of targeting him, little easy routes to get him um, his confidence back. There was one red zone target to the touchdown where he pretty much just did a little inside seam, and it was extremely obvious they were going to target him, and it was incomplete. Um, but, yeah, it was really good to see him get a, at least get a catch there near the end of the game good for his confidence. Um, but you really can't buy in much into the yardage and looking at, uh, uh, you know, Spencer Rattler throwing the ball because like I said, Spencer Rattler was hurt. He could not put any weight moving forward on that, um, flipping those hips. Um, he didn't have much oomph on the ball. He couldn't really get it to the guys. And, um, as soon as halftime happened, we put in the second team. So, you know, you got Theo Howard out there and, you know, Brian Darby and, so you didn't have much time to see a lot of other guys um, do really well. Um, I'll say this, though, about the wide receiver group. Theo Weiss dropped another touchdown. Stogner had another drop. And Charleston Rainbow looks like he doesn't even care anymore. So a little concerning. So, yes, I would love Jane Hazelwood. No, 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 no. Yeah. We got – Yeah, go. 
Go. We got two whole plays of effort out of Rambo, which is <laughs> double his normal effort. Okay, okay. I guess I guess he usually has one normal play of effort a game. But yeah, no, it, it was it was not good. That interception that Spencer threw was not a good pass. Um, but yeah, it would have helped if Ra- um, Rambo would have ran to the sideline that you're supposed to do whenever your quarterback's rolling out. But all in all, you know, really can't take much from it. I'm just tired of the receivers dropping passes. It's starting to really get on my nerves. Drops are definitely an issue. Uh, let's wrap up this offensive performance game ball. Who are we thinking? Ramondre? It's just kind of Ramondre, honestly. <laughs> yeah. He was he was a one-man offensive show on res- uh, as far as receiving went, as far as running the ball went. There you go. That's just it. It's Ramondre. So it, it's a little bit of a boring answer, but that's that's kind of it. It's Kansas. And really looking at these numbers. No, I'm going Chandler Morris. Chandler Morris. Chandler, Chandler Morris game ball. I love it. James, have got anything interesting for us? Itty, itty, no. Itty, just Ramondre? Okay. Let's move yeah, on to the defense. I, I, nothing. I, I, can't, I can't give it to anyone that often. There was not anything eye-opening <laughs> this game at all. And it, it's crazy that we have so little to talk about on the offense when we won 62-9. to nine. But it was not a flashy game. It was just – we just, just rolled them. So let's move on to the defense because this is a way more interesting thing to talk about, uh, mainly because I think we could talk 15 minutes about one play in particular – but we won't. Uh, we'll talk a bit about it. But incredible uh, defensive performance from OU. Kansas, obviously, garbage team. Uh, but the nine sacks, very impressive. Another great output put from the uh, defensive line. Uh, Ty, how pumped were you about uh, the D-line D- performance here? Yeah, it was it – was, uh... We not only like they they just absolutely dominated that Kansas O line to the point where about the fifth sack Kansas's quarterback you can tell we had just absolutely broken his will. Uh, the guy did not like he had lost all will to to be out on that field. Uh, so I really feel bad about him because he was sacked four more times before being injured uh, eventually. Uh, just because he was getting hit so much, so I, I do feel bad for for that poor guy. But it was a it was a great performance. Also, as usual, my my recurring weekly segment. Uh, shout out to Buki, who is our star defensive player. He was twenty third on the team in tackles, uh, and only turned it over one time. So let's, let's, him. okay, I can't even put up the facade anymore. The entire defensive segment is now about that Buki play. If you watch the game, you know what it is. Buki <laughs> for a massive pick and he fumbles it because of course it's Buki. Um, has there ever been a more perfect defensive play that ended in, I guess, like I've never been that happy at OU doing something so dumb uh, because that was just honestly just super enjoyable. Jameson, were you losing it when Buki uh, fumbled it there? I was just laughing, you know. I, I would have been so upset, you know, if this was the OSU game and he did that and it was like a key moment. I would have just been enraged. That would have been like the last straw. This one was just funny. It's just like, oh, Buki, typical Buki. Uh-huh. <laughs> Everyone knows it's Buki. That's me. Like, 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 like yeah, like, hey, come on. It was just, it was just on brand. It was so on brand, but so funny. Uh, honestly, oh I, I don't think he had an awful game. I, I thought he was kind of, yeah. I mean, he was there a lot of, a couple deflections there. Um, 
again, didn't, you know. He did there, get the there, interception in the first place. He did. There were zero damn it bookies throughout the entire game. So got to give him up, give it up to him. <laughs> got to give it up to him there. So, I mean, even when he, even when he screwed up, at least it was really entertaining and actually kind of helped OU a little bit. But um, let's just move on to game balls. Honestly, this is a boring ass game to talk about. Uh, any other key performers that really stuck out to you, Jameson? Yeah, I feel like we this whole year we haven't really talked much about Nick Benito, but I feel like he's been a really good point of this defensive line that's done really well, um, and he's great at QB pressures. He's one of the best in the nation, honestly, at QB pressures. He had three sacks on Saturday. Um, and I'm not just talking about him just because of the sacks. It's really because he's been solid, and he's done really, really well. And um, I, don't, I don't know. I feel like he deserves the game ball, even though Ronnie Perkins played – unbelievable you know like like pro football focus like ranked him like 98 point something you know it was like an unbelievable game from his end um but we got to give it to benito too three sacks and he just needs some love honestly every time i see uh nick benito i keep thinking like when did parnell motley get so thick uh just just because i'm so used to i i think (laughs) of benito is 35 so it throws me off um I'm just going to be basic. It was it was Ronnie Perkins. That guy is an animal uh, on defense. Very solid. But um, other great games. You know, Chance Selvey, uh, Turner Yell, uh, Shane Whittier, another great game. Or great game from Whittier. I hadn't seen much of him this season. So, you know, kind of give it up to the, uh, to the defense. They really showed out. Uh, the linebacker is fantastic. And, Ty, you've been big on the linebackers all season. How do you feel about the linebackers play? And uh, – does one of them get your game ball? Well, I think it, it definitely helps them um, when the D-line is – I don't know if you guys heard it. ESPN keeps audibly videos. Um, it definitely helps them when the when the D-line is, is significantly improved. It also definitely helps them when we're playing Kansas. Uh, but my my defensive game ball is also going to go to, uh, to Benito. Uh, he had – like Jameson said, his, his three sacks this game uh, bumped him up to, I think, six sacks on the season, which puts him ninth in the nation um, in college football for sacks. So that's that's pretty significant. Um, I know it's a, you know, you know, a, a weird stat, just sacks, but a guy that a lot of OU fans might not even be able to tell you what he does. Uh, the fact that he's top 10 in the nation in the stat line is is uh, pretty awesome. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I love, but I love the Benito pick as well. Also shout out to uh, the comments Andrew Mercer, uh, who has probably not watched OU since uh, Iowa state. So yeah. Yeah. I, Hey, wasting our time is what we do best here at the schooner pod. So yeah, I don't think OU sucks. And I guess that's where that's kind of our question. I would, I would propose right now where, what is this OU team? What, what are we? Um, this is our last bye week of the season. Bobby, I know what you're trying to get out of here. I'm not, I'm not going to say the P word because we're not a playoff team. But is this, is this a legitimate <laughs> college uh, – sorry. Is this – I almost said it. I almost said it. Is this a legitimate <laughs> – is this the best team in the Big 12 or are we uh, just kind of a tier below that? What, what, what do you think this OU team can uh, produce out here? Uh, Jameson, I'll let you start because obviously yeah. not college football playoff. Like, I'm kidding. We we are the best team in the Big 12. Does that mean we're a college football playoff team? No, it doesn't. 
because I don't see any way, shape, or form to say that we're better than a couple SEC teams, a couple Big Ten teams. Um, I guess just BYU. State. BYU. And then BYU. BYU. Yeah, you beat me to it. BYU. Cincinnati. Um, yeah. I think Coastal it was Carolina. Okay. That, there we go. <laughs> hey, <laughs> Chanta Clairs are for real, man. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, sorry. I'll, but, I'll let you yeah. keep talking. It, it's, the moral of the story is why – we are the best team in the Big 12. It's the development of this defense in that in that defensive line. It's really what it is. It, it's put us up to a next level. Um, and if we don't shoot ourselves in the foot, um, Spencer Rattler plays a sound game and Lincoln Riley plays makes good calls, which for the majority of the time that should be the case. We, we don't have any problem beating anybody in the Big 12. I'm not going to say this OSU game here in a week is going to be easy. It's not going to be a cakewalk. Of course not. You know, it's going to be very difficult playing a guy like Chuba Hubbard um, because um, even the backup, you know, because we haven't faced somebody like that. And whenever the last time we did in Brees Hall, it was not a good time. So we've we've got some challenges and we can't take too much stock into these past, you know, couple games because we're playing scrubs. You know, it's it's easy to look good for scrubs. I forget who said it. There's some sports media person was saying like is Oklahoma's playing the best like in college football right now. Come on. Come on. We, we haven't Baylitz. played anymore. Yeah, I'll skip Baylitz, Baylitz. Like, Okay. That, yeah. Mm-hmm. Skip. But, um, <laughs> look, I knew oh, it was somebody had started. I was in between Lee Corso. <laughs> I didn't skip Bayless. I couldn't tell. But I, I would have known Lee wouldn't have said it because Lee would have just had somebody pipe into his ear that's a little bit smarter <laughs> to say something. Probably. Look, I, I think the SOU team is very legit, very solid. Um, and hey, if you want to play that game and you know think about what if what if we had Ramondre and you know Ronnie Perkins, sure, that won't get you anywhere. But I'll tell you this, this team probably probably can't beat Alabama, probably not a you know national championship team. So you know, just enjoy the ride. I could I can use a break from getting pounded in the playoff. Give me the cotton bowl or whatever. I'll, I'll enjoy a nice little trip to Dallas. It'll be a good time. I, I need a cleanse. I need, you know, I, I've been dealing with too much toxic playoff losses. Uh, but this is a really good, really good college football team that has a really good future ahead of it. Uh, we should, we are not projected to lose a ton of people from this year to next. So it's just about you know winning ball games and trying to get another uh, you know Big Twelve championship and you know. I, I think the future is ahead of us and anyone saying that, you know, OU is, is, is done or, you know, this, this runs over. It's just beginning really. Uh, Ty, do you share my same optimism about that? Uh, so I agree that the, the ceiling this year has always been only the conference championship. I think that people just kind of forget things in the off season um, I don't think we were expecting to lose to the two teams that we did so far. Uh, but I don't think that, you know, looking at this season prior to it, anyone would have been surprised had you told them that we would have lost two conference games. Um, you know, potentially just looking at the other teams in in the conference. Uh, I will point out that we did lose to Iowa State and Kansas State, and Bobby literally just said, we're probably not a national championship team. That's your exact words, which kind of cracked me up. Uh, but Miles won a title with two losses. Yeah, I, so I, I agree. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I, I, well, I'm yeah, kidding. Clemson's already lost one, and you know who knows what can happen. Uh, but yeah, 
I, I agree. I think, I think the conference championship is a really good ceiling. And, and I think that this year is all about building experience for, for the next year. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, and you know, there's something wrong with that. We're, we're one of the most spoiled fan bases in college football. We haven't been like truly irrelevant since 1999 when we lost to Ole Miss in a, like a Shreveport bowl. So, you know, that's okay. We can take a year where we win the conference championship and play in a year six. Like just, just take the wins as they come. So anyways, that's about all I have to say about Kansas and where we're at right now. However, Jameson, I'm sure you got some good information for us. Hit us with that crude corner. Jamison. Yes. What is this? Jamison. This is a rooted corner with Jamison. Everybody dancing. Oh, that's nice. Okay, so we talked about uh, Caleb Johnson, the decommit uh, defensive back from Texas a couple weeks ago, and how this was kind of, you know, a maybe a mutual thing. On our, and I kind of speculated maybe it's because we want someone taller. Um, you know, maybe we, we don't care as much about the speed. We kind of want speed and height. Um, and hopefully we can develop a guy into more of a top end and take a risk on somebody. Um, so really what it was is Caleb Johnson looks like he wanted to play wide receiver more so than um, – then defensive back and it kind of just didn't work out because we're not going to give him a wide receiver spot. So now we're looking for another D back and things have started to move pretty quickly. Um, Crystal ball came in for uh, Jarden Gilbert, the number nine safety in the nation, according to two, four, seven sports out of um, Baton Rouge. And he does not hold an LSU offer. I figure that if he gets an LSU offer, he will go there in a heartbeat, but they just recently took, um, a safety, and I think they have two or three in their class right now, so I don't know if they have a spot for him. So he's 6'1". He's just a raw athlete. Um, he's one of these guys that's kind of caught steam in the recruiting rankings um, as of recently. So there's a lot of sites that are kind of b- behind on having him high. So his, you know, his composite ranking where they where 247 takes into account, you know, rivals ESPN and puts them all into one. It's pretty, it's pretty low as a three-star, but 247 is ahead of the game and has him as the number nine safety in the nation. So se- seemingly, you know, a commitment can come from him anytime now. Um, I feel like the spot's there, and whenever there's only one spot in the D-back room, you kind of want to hop on it if you can. Um, but at the same time, would he want to do that if he – would it take LSU's eyes off of him? Um, that, might, that might hurt him. And if you all remember Major Burns a couple years ago – um, he was a silent commit to OU and he was out of Louisiana and he really wanted an LSU offer. Um, he did got it. Um, and at the very end of the season, they processed him pretty much saying that you don't have this offer anymore. You should probably look elsewhere and completely screwed him over. So there's a lot to think here. Overall, Jordan Gilbert safety out of university lab, um, Baton Rouge. That's the best high school there. A lot of good talent comes out of there. Um, is leaning towards OU could commit anytime. Um, but as long as he doesn't get an LSU offer, he should be a senior. And that's it. <laughs> oh, you're <laughs> muted, Bobby. <laughs> I'm sorry. We're still working on uh, the whole live production thing. Uh, but, yeah, no, hey, that sounds good to me, man. Uh, I always, always like that Cruton news. So I think that's uh, pretty much all we have for the show this week. Thank you all so much for listening, both live and via uh, all 
uh, you know, everywhere you get your podcasts. So, anyways, for me, Jameson and Ty, I'm not going to ask you how you're doing because every time I ask, you know, no one has anything to say. So, for me, Jameson and Ty, this has been the Schooner Pod. We will see you later this week where we make our picks. Y'all have a good night, good weekend, boomer sooner. <laughs>